morning, good afternoon, and good night, and welcome to another action-packed edition of the Home Team Podcast, where our goal on this podcast is to help you with everything home, be it buying a home, selling a home, insuring a home, protecting a home, landscaping a home, you name it, we're going to be talking about it. So uh, we'd love to, uh, so glad that you're joining us for another episode, and today we have a very special guest who we'd like to introduce in just one minute. But before, before we start, my name is Matt Moriarty, I'm with the Moriarty Agency of Farmers Insurance. I am part of a trifecta of hosts. First up, Chandler Fendler. Hello, everyone. Chandler Finler here, your residential real estate expert with Live Sotheby's International Realty. And of course, the really awesome John Reed. Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming back. Uh, John Reed with New American Funding, your residential home loan consultant. See, you, you graduated to really awesome this time. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so our, our topic today is actually going to be trusts, wills, and estates. And we have we are very fortunate to have such an expert on the program this afternoon. Uh, or this morning or night. Whatever time it is, Matt. Exactly, Whatever time. Exactly. <laughs> so our, our guest today is Stephanie Dahl with Dahl Fisher uh, Law Firm, correct? Yes. Perfect, perfect. So Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Of course, of course, of course. So before we get started, why don't we you know, kind of go back in time and tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, how you got into law, all that kind of stuff. All right. Well, I am a third generation native here in Colorado, so there's a couple of us. Uh, but <laughs> literally, I'm, like I'm a couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Matt always likes to tell me that he's like I'm fourth. I got one above you. Yeah. Um, but I am a third generation. I've grown up here. I've lived here. Um, lived kind of all around Con- uh, Colorado. We've lived in Conifer. We've lived uh, towards Parker. Um, currently, I live kind of in the DTC area. So um, I grew up and I always I loved business and I loved the law and so I went to I got my undergrad at CU Boulder um, and I got my undergrad in finance and management and then came down to DU and got my law degree from there wow yeah so after that I uh, worked at a law firm downtown um, and then for a while I was a district attorney up in Summit County so not a bad gig not a bad gig. Uh, Summit County being near the Rocky Mountains yes. for mountain life a lot yeah. of people get their second homes up there some VRBOs things like that so it was a fun place to work and play a little bit um, and then moved back down here and started our law firm eight years ago so wow yeah. that is really cool mm-hmm. so what made you decide to get into this aspect of law um, you know there are so many different aspects of law. And one of the things that I am incredibly passionate about is helping people. Um, And in the law, you do help people, but as as it pertains to trust and estates, it's really about protecting things for people. You know, we like to say, uh, you built it, now protect it, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Um, And so our job is to make sure that everything that you have gets passed the way you want it to get passed. the majority of it gets passed, that we aren't trying to pay a lot in taxes. Sorry, government, that we aren't. Um, <laughs> Shh, don't tell the government. We're not apologizing for that. 
Um, you know, they, it goes to who you want, whom you want it to go to and your wishes are kind of carried out. And for a lot of our clients, it's about their legacy and mm-hmm. what kind of legacy that is and whether it be charities or their family or whatever. So really trying to help people honor their own wishes. So I got into it cause I just, I love talking to people. I love hearing their stories. I love hearing their backgrounds and helping them kind of achieve their goals. That is so cool. That is so cool. Uh, and again, I mean, obviously everyone in this room kind of has an idea of what you do, but for the average person out there who is listening, um, what exactly is a trust? Absolutely. So, um, I'm going to take it a little bit, just estate planning in general, because I think Mm, for most people, they say, what is estate planning? I'm pretty sure it's what my grandparents did. Like, I don't need to do that yet. Um, what estate planning is, is really, it is an individual or a married couple or whomever, your, whatever your family dynamic is. And it's basically sitting down and saying, of our assets that we have, when we pass, what do we want to have happen to them? Um, and so when we do an estate plan, kind of our initial conversation with people is having someone come in. They talk to us. We go through a lot of questions with them about what kind of assets they have. Do they have businesses? Do they have rental homes? Do they have a primary residence? What kind of annuities do they have all that good stuff um and once we have that information I like to ask my clients like what do you think you need and why because a lot of people have reasons why they want something that may not cross my mind so I want to get their opinion and then I'll tell them here's what I think you need and so kind of on a on a uh a basic kind of understanding is that you can have a lot of people call it a simple will, um, where it's a will that basically goes in and says, when I pass away, this is what I want to have happen to my stuff. Mm. Um, and those wills, uh, the difference between a will and a trust to kind of answer your question is when you pass away a will, it disperses everything at one time when you pass away and it's done. Mm. A trust holds those assets after you pass away and disperses the income from them or something else. So it makes your assets or it allows your assets to kind of keep going after you've passed away and allows you to um, control or help to provide for people more than a one-time disbursement like a will does. Mm. So that's kind of the difference. It's a different vehicle that we we play with. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so, so these assets include, they can include rental properties and businesses, et cetera, like that. So, so how do I know that I need an estate plan? Like what if I don't have much or what constitutes an estate, I guess? Absolutely. So currently in Colorado, uh, what we look at is, you know, everybody hears the term probate and kind of freaks out. They're like, I don't want to go through probate. I have to avoid probate. <laughs> it's so terrible. Because yeah. usually the word court follows right. probate, right? Right. right. Exactly. And court is not you good. You <laughs> can't go through probate without court. And so everyone's like, no, thank you. Not trying to go there. Mom said never go to court. Right. <laughs> I don't even think Stephanie wants to go to court. <laughs> no. It's a really good life lesson from your mom. Avoid court. Um, so, you know, what happens is with probate, probate is if you own a piece of real property and real property means a home so a home kind of real property right so not um personal property your personal property is your car um jewelry anything kind of tangible minus real property which is real estate Mm -hmm. that can be land it could be a condo it could be um uh, generally um your house, it can be a VRBO, like a, a vacation rental, anything like that um, is real property. Thank you, you for defining that. Thank you're you. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you own real property, you do have to go through the probate process. If you don't own real property and you have less than, I think it's 64000 right now in assets, you can basically, we can do kind of a, what we call a small estate affidavit and 
basically by affidavit. We don't have to go through probate. We can disperse everything. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. in answer to your question, like, how do I know I need one? Mm -hmm. There are certain people that maybe they don't um, asset wise. They, you know, they maybe have a bank account, they rent their house and they have a car. So they don't really, from a avoiding probate standard, don't need one. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons we tell people uh, that they probably should get one is because they want their wishes to be followed out, Mm -hmm. regardless of how much you have. Um, because the, there's a probate code, right? And so if you pass without a will, then what happens is it follows the probate code. So it's kind of like a T, right? So if you're married, it passes to your spouse. If your spouse, if you're not married or don't have a spouse, but you have kids, it goes to your kids. If you don't have kids, then it goes back up, right? To your parents. If your parents aren't there, it goes out to your siblings. If your siblings aren't alive, then it goes down to their kids, which is, which is why, like, all of a sudden well, you hear, like, the second And then you cousin. lose all control, right? right? I mean, that's – you've lost all control of all your wishes and what you've worked hard for. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So – and we've I've had clients who – I've talked to them, and I'm like, you need to get this in place because if you don't, here's who would get your stuff. And they're like <gasps> – as the last person yeah. I want to have Do my you stuff. want, yeah, your cousin, <laughs> yeah. right, to get your so, vacation home. Yeah, right. exactly. So um, it isn't always about the stuff. Sometimes it's about the wishes of the person as mm-hmm. to why we do the estate planning. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you – so to kind of circle back to what probate is, right, I talked about it's kind of a scary thing. Even if you have a will, you still have to go through probate. But it allows us to do it informally, which means the court just – kind of lets us do what we need to do unless there's a problem and they don't really monitor it and those wishes of the person who passed away can be carried out yep clearly and directly and stuff like that so this is a hard topic to talk about i mean i can imagine people aren't jumping for joy correct me if i'm (laughs) wrong but aren't jumping for joy right to schedule an appointment with a, a will trust or a state attorney and talk about everything that can happen right what you know if i pass away i mean that's i mean really, yeah that's devastating yeah right? i mean it's not like insurance i mean people are raising their hands constantly to just come talk about of insurance so. yeah. especially, <laughs> especially with you matt yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly insurance is sexy i thought we already covered that well, we, I, we covered yeah. that i, I just <laughs> like to remind people right <laughs> but that's got to be a hard conversation because you really walk people through scenarios that mm-hmm. we don't particularly think about every day or like to think about or like to think that would happen yeah. Just thinking about what you do after you die. I mean, it's bringing your mortality into quite into you know a topic. Oh yeah, yeah and it's like it's like life insurance. Nobody likes to talk about life insurance at all. Yep. And we're gonna have an expert on coming in a in a future episode on that. And it's just something that no one wants to think about, but it is imperative that you plan so before something happens. Yeah, Absolutely. good word. Imperative. <laughs> it is. But it's hard to talk about. It is. And I it's look, I have two small kids, and mm-hmm. so I absolutely understand when couples come in and you have to have the discussion with them of like if in the event something happens to both of you, what happens to mm-hmm. your children? It is a hard topic. Um I like to believe that I'm pretty good with people and I under I understand that cuz I've we had to do our estate plan and having to make those decisions. And so I'm not asking my clients any questions I've never asked myself Mm -hmm. and had to consider. And I I recognize how difficult of a topic it is, but I always like to say, look, you have it in place that way you don't need it. So Mm -hmm. that, you know, when you're 95 and you pass away and your kids are 60 years old, they're like, I don't think I need to live with aunt Sally anymore, Mm -hmm. mom. Like we're (laughs) probably good. Right. Um, But that way you have it. So hopefully you won't need it until way, way, way in the future, but it's, there and that way you can kind of 
rest easily. Just like with insurance, you know it's there if you need it. You hope you don't need it yep. for a long time, mm-hmm. but you have it in case you need it. It's secure. Yeah. So speaking of, so you brought up age. Like, okay, so like, you know, mid-90s, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the age that humans are living now, right, just keeps increasing and increasing and increasing, which is great, yeah. which is great. I, I, my goal is 100. Um, I, I saw a billboard that the first person to live to 150 is already living today. What? Yeah. 150? That, yeah. That's what the, the, the billboard said. Wow. Like, you think about that. Cow. Yeah, think about that. Like, kids oh today could potentially live to 150. 150 years old? Wow. That's so amazing. you definitely yeah. need an estate. And a financial planner. Right? Yeah. 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 Keep all the taxes you can from the government. Right? To last that long. No, just kidding. So, you know, just speaking of the long, you know, to the longevity of life and everything. Um, so, I mean, how often, or, I mean, we have to get this thing updated, right? I mean, because people buy real estate, people buy cars, people have more children. So how often do you recommend we update this thing? So here's the thing. When we do an initial estate plan, one of the things we do with our clients, and I think um, I'm sure a lot of firms do this as well, is every year we kind of send out a questionnaire that says, like, for example, hey, Chandler, happy new year. Hope you're doing well. Just wanted to check in and see how last year was. Did you start any new businesses? Did you buy any other homes? Did you sell any homes? Did you have any more children? Did you adopt any children? Um, Just things like that. We ask you kind of a a plethora of questions Mm -hmm. so that we can look and say, hey, I noticed you indicated this. We probably should at some point get this updated. Here's what we're thinking. Here's why. And then you can kind of make that decision. And there are clients we have that we say, you know what? You're good. Nothing's changed. Congratulations. Keep on moving on. And, and you know, we'll, we'll talk to you again next year. We like to try and keep in contact with our clients and see how they're doing and know the big events in their lives. But we always do kind of a touch every year just to check in um, when big things happen in answer to your question. If you do buy another piece of real estate, um, if you do have additional children, I mean, we the way we draft and, and most practitioners draft their plans is that it includes any subsequently born or adopted children. So if you had done your estate plan and then you have another child, they're still covered. Little Jacob is not going to get left left out of the will, but um, you know, big stuff where you buy things or you sell things or you acquire a different asset or something like that. Um, we want to know, and you know, sometimes people separate; they get divorced. So now we need to redo some estate plans because. You know, mm-hmm. they want, they have different wishes. They're separate. Yeah. They have different wishes. That is a very PC way to put it. I, <laughs> on this podcast, we've learned so many PC ways from the experts to say things that I would say differently. I know, right? <laughs> but I much respect the PC way to say it. To say exactly. it. You, you know, one of the questions that uh, that I get a lot of clients, and, and that's why it's so great to have Stephanie as a resource, um, but they, you know, they ask uh, about some of the different kinds of trusts that there are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ones where they can make decisions or where they're taking taking out of it, you know, from a lawsuit standpoint, mm-hmm. um, where the trust makes the decisions. Can you kind of go over, though, from like a 10,000-foot view? Absolutely. There are all sorts of different trusts. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, there is kind of your – there's revocable, irrevocable, and the difference are kind of what the names are, mm-hmm. right? So a revocable trust means that I – if I put all my assets in a trust um, – if I'm the trustee, because it's revocable, I can change it. I can move assets in and out. I can do what I want with them until I pass away. Then it becomes irrevocable, and my successor trustee will step in and, and follow the um, the recommendations of the trust. If it's irrevocable, and there are a lot of reasons people do those, um, 
I would not recommend somebody just being like, I'm going to create an irrevocable trust. <laughs> probably should talk to an estate planning attorney because there's some tax implications. And once you put those assets in, even as the settler of the trust, and a settler, sorry, means the person who established the trust, um, you can't move those. You can't touch them. It is, like the name says, irrevocable. Mm. So is the settler like the same as the trustee? Yes. Oh, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yes. So, but, right, so for example, Chandler, great question, is that I, so if I establish a trust, right, it's the Dahl Family Trust, okay? Okay. I, my husband and I would be the six, the settlers of the trust because we created it, mm-hmm. and we're also the trustees while we're alive. When we pass away, if we have said that you are, in fact, our trustee. Yes. What, what's in it for me? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing? Uh, we'll see. Okay. Some flamingo Um But, right. Right? You would be our successor trustee, but you would not be the settler because you didn't establish the right. trust. Okay. So you can be a settler and a trustee, and you can just be a trustee. Got right? it. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, there are also things like special needs trusts. So if you have a child who maybe needs care beyond the age of 18, um, you can establish those. There are, there are cha- uh, charitable trusts where if you want to donate part of your um, estate to charities um you can do that once you pass away there's also some tax benefits to starting it before you pass away and so you create a charitable trust so there's a whole bunch of different ones a lot of times people will set them up for ll for businesses Mm -hmm. so right you pick up a bunch of properties and you put them in the trust um so a whole bunch of them right Yeah. yeah yeah so what i gather here is and just like all the other topics that we have um talked about on this podcast is consult your local expert right because mm. i mean there is a power team here that's involved when you start talking about estates wills trusts, assets i mean that could involve a estate attorney a cpa your financial planner your insurance the insurance agent your real estate agent your real estate agent your mortgage yeah. person your mortgage person yeah. holy moly so this is a whole team so yes you really want to you know look at the full you know scope and bring in all of these you know teammates to help you you know throughout this decision yeah absolutely and, and a question that i have is you kind of defined a, a will a trust and, and how they go into estate planning mm-hmm. is it important for people to have all of have all of those a trust and a will to go into their estate planning or can they do one without the other absolutely great question so if we have if someone establishes a trust then we also create what we call like a pour over will which is basically a cleanup document so let's say john you create a trust and we put everything in and then i am not the fabulous practitioner that i am and i don't follow up with you and you purchase a new property but you don't put it in the name of the trust mm-hmm. you put it in your name right well then you pass away well now all of a sudden we have something that's sitting outside of the trust and so what it does is it's kind of a cleanup that it says anything that we should have put in the trust but we didn't we can put it over so gotcha. it could be a vehicle it could be something in the, the home anything like that that it kind of it we call it a pour over so mm-hmm. anything that wasn't placed in the trust initially it pours in over into the trust um there's other documents so if you have a trust you automatically get that will Mm -hmm. if you have a will sometimes you don't need a trust you don't need all of them Mm -hmm. um i want to see and sometimes people grow into things right so if you know you're married you have a kid or single and you have your home and maybe you know your 401k a trust may not it may be just too much for you Mm -hmm. at the point and so you may decide look i'm gonna start with a will we can then 
add a trust 10 years down the road when you have more assets. And when you win the lottery. After you win the lottery. There's that billion dollar one. When you win the lottery, please feel free to call me. (laughs) Me too. I want to be in that phone call too. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's why you need a team. Um, I think the other, I just wanted to touch base on this because you asked about the other kind of documents that you absolutely Mm -hmm. need. And part of the estate planning process is also creating what we call powers of attorney. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think they are, they're very simple documents in a sense, but they're so necessary and can save people so much money. Um, You know, we have seen um, so many people dealing with dementia and Alzheimer's and things like that. And if you don't have a power of attorney, Mm. regardless, married, Mm. not, you don't get to make decisions. I can't, if my husband has that, I don't get to sign checks for him Mm -hmm. without having something that allows me legally to do that. And the only way to do that then is for me to go into the courts. And as your mama said, avoid yeah. the courts. Courts. No. courts. <laughs> you know, I have to go in and I have to ask the court basically to appoint me um, as. Even uh, though. Yeah. So it doesn't come as like a right of marriage. No. Nope. And so then it's a lot of expense and everything else to get this established. So one of the things we do is we put together power, financial powers of attorney. And we also put together medical powers of attorney so that in the event something happens to you your spouse or somebody else, your parent, your sibling can make those decisions on your behalf. And those exist while you're alive. Mm -hmm. Once you pass away, they cease to exist, but they do exist while you're alive. So they can help make decisions. Mm -hmm. Also people use them in like real estate transactions. If I'm out of town Mm -hmm. and we're closing on a house, I'm sure you guys have seen this all the time where, you know, my husband comes in and he has power of attorney to sign for me Mm -hmm. so that we can get this done and we don't have to prolong anything. So they're also quite useful, even not in estate planning. Very useful. Yeah. You have to sign a lot of names. It yeah. Takes, yeah, it takes a long time. <laughs> it's a long signature, it's a big for signature. Sure. I've been a power of attorney once, and I will never, <laughs> ever, ever do it again. And I'm like, I am out. Not my, volunteering for that job. Yeah, my no. wrist hurts. Oh my gosh. Um, no, no. Thank you for you know define, defining that for us for sure. And I think another question um, that comes to mind, and I've talked to clients and people just you know just swirls around their brain, right? Is cost, mm-hmm. right? You know, money. So, you know how much is it for all this? And I know that's such like a general question. I get it, but are there costs involved for each mm-hmm. document? Like, absolutely. It's a great question. Cause right. People it's, people don't look at estate planning as like a necessity, right? Like your mortgage, you do have to pay that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise the bank is like, thank you. We'll take that back. Yes, please pay. Yeah, please, yeah, right? please pay. Right. Please. <laughs> um, and so because it, I hate to call it a luxury, um, but it's not a necessity for people to pay for. So people are like, yeah, I don't want to spend the money on it. I don't want to spend the money mm-hmm. on it. Um, not spending them on the money on it can actually end up costing a ton on the backside Later, of it. Yeah. Um, but generally speaking, every practitioner does it a little bit differently. So attorneys can charge hourly on things. They can charge um, a flat fee for things. They can charge a percentage depending on the size of the estate. Mm. We personally charge on a flat fee basis. So we will talk to our clients and we basically work with like packages, right? So if you come in, I, I don't like when people feel like they get nickeled and dimed, right? Like, well, if you want, you should have that, but if you want it, it's going to be this, right? Mm -hmm. The estate planning package is this. It includes your powers of attorney, includes your guardianship paperwork. It includes your will. It can, Mm. maybe we want a contingent trust within the will, like all of those things. This is what it costs. It is one fee and that's it. So generally speaking, estate planning for people who have kind of average estate sizes, Mm -hmm. um, 
is probably depending on what they want anywhere from about a thousand to five thousand. Okay. Well, that's so. a good ballpark. Yeah. Thank you for providing that ballpark for us. Cause you know, money always comes to mm-hmm. mind for, for people. What are they getting into? What is the, what are their expectations? And the, I like to describe it, you know, nickel and dime. No one wants to be nickel mm-hmm. and dime. So no. I'm like, okay, would you rather pay a one flat fee and eat at the buffet? Right. right. And everything's included. You don't have to worry about it. Or would you like to pay a la carte Yeah, and you want some fruit? That's $100 you want you know you want yeah. iced tea that's $300 right and so I think that mm-hmm. yeah that people like great. to know how much they have to budget for right, right. if yep. I know what it's going to cost me and that's the only fee I'm going to have to pay great I can budget for it I can know how much I have to pay when you go in and you don't know what it's going to cost and someone's like well it's going to be $350 an hour and you're like but how many hours is yeah. this like yeah. I yeah. I'd be like quit talking we're done talking <laughs> yeah. this is yeah, it done in one hour <laughs> job. Right? let's go this is it <laughs> hey S- Stephanie so you are uh, and obviously just to preface this you're licensed in the state of Colorado I am but um, you know we have people listening all over the United States and all over the world the actually. World, we're, we're worldwide cool. right um, but uh, is is the practice at least here in the United States I mean is it pretty similar no matter where what state you're in or is it completely different um Big picture, yes, it's very similar. But um, law, unlike some other um, industries, is regulated state by state. Mm. Um, so estate planning, certain types of law, I should say, but uh, estate planning is one of those types of law that is regulated state by state. Mm. So if I have somebody who calls and says, hey, I need some documents, I live in California, mm. I will find them a practitioner in California and refer them out because I don't want to create a document that isn't going to pass muster over in California. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we refer that out. Um, However, people, I'm sure you all see, will come in. They live in California, but they want to buy a vacation home up in my favorite, Summit County. Yep. Summit County, <laughs> yep. Um, and so, you know, we work with other practitioners in other states where if they own a piece of property here, but their estate is being dispersed in California, in Washington, in New York, wherever it is, we can do stuff on our end to close out that estate here. Mm. And we don't have to, we're not the dominant estate. So what about if it's international? Like what if you own like a, uh, a home in, in Mexico city or, mm-hmm. or Cancun, Bora Bora, right? And yeah. Let's go big or go home. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you own a home in Bora Bora, we're going to have our meetings there. <laughs> right? right? Yeah. I will need to, I need to inspect the property to properly uh, give you an tax, estate plan. Tax right off. Right. <laughs> um, so th- you can, there are definitely ways that we work with people and you know, every, kind of country is a little bit different. It's a different estate plan if you do that, but it is one of the questions we ask our clients. What property do you own? Where do you own it? How is it titled? Because depending on the country, the title of and how you own a property, if you own a fee simple, if you own all of these different things are very different. Mm-hmm. So we just have to look into all of that. So mm-hmm. there isn't one answer. Yeah. It's, my, it's my lawyer answer of, well, it depends. <laughs> oh, wait, I think there's gray area. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The law is just gray. The, the law is just gray. Just, <laughs> just give Stephanie a call. <laughs> yeah. Contact your local expert. That's, you know, really what it, you know, what it boils down to. Yeah, for sure. Um, Stephanie, I had a question. You know, some of our listeners obviously are, are millennials and not maybe something that they would think about is is estate planning and and when they do first thing obviously they're going to do is go online mm-hmm. research to see if there's a way of doing your own estate planning through an online service yep. what kind of trouble mm-hmm. or, or issues could that bring along um so it's really that's a great question and funny you ask because i was just talking to my law partner <laughs> about this um because right there is uh there's legal zoom there's rocket lawyer all these things mm-hmm. out there where you can mm-hmm. say hey i need a will and you pay 99 dollars and 
it shoots you out a will. Um, Sounds like a bargain, right? right? No, you get what you pay for, people, remember? It's like you read my mind. Um, <laughs> you know, here's the thing is that I think for, for millennials, um, we are very cost conscious of our clients and it's not even millennials sometimes mm-hmm. you know you have baby boomers who are still putting their kids through college or you know things like that that you just have to be cognizant of the money that they have and so we try and work with our clients and see what we can work out and I am not a person to oversell anybody mm-hmm. we will get you what you think is appropriate and that's it um and that is going to provide you with the protection you need but um you know they may own a home they may you know I you can set up a pet trust, another trust that you can set up, Matt, um, to answer your question. But a lot, you know, in Colorado, everybody has a dog, right? Yep, yep. You can do a lot of things. And so there are just different things that are really important to people. Mm-hmm. And so I always tell people, come in, talk to me. Let's see. I'm happy to just meet with you and answer some questions because I think that people are so scared. They're like, well, I don't want to pay the money and everything. I will set up a phone call and just free of charge, have a phone call with you, talk to you about That's what's big. going mm-hmm. what's going on in your life, what you think you need. Maybe you don't need something, maybe you do, but let's have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of go from there and, and see what we can work out and help our clients to kind of achieve their goals through that. Okay. And honestly, why would you take a chance, right? Like, you know, to go online, especially something as, as big as your estate, where if you're wrong, you're dealing with the, whatever the government wants to do as yeah. opposed to what your actual wishes were. Well, and, and like you said, Matt, and thank you for bringing that up because, um, you know, those are their template documents. And so nobody is there changing them for you. They're kind of fill in the blank. And so, you know, I always I, my question for people is always like, do you feel like a template? Like, are you a fill in the blank kind of person? No, you have all these different things about you that make you an individual. Why would you use a template to decide what happens to your entire, you know, all of your assets and everything else? And I think I just saw an article. I have to look a little bit more into it. But I know that um uh, I think it's Robert Shapiro who had started LegalZoom, has gone over and started a new company where you actually get to call and talk to lawyers because it's really important to talk to lawyers yeah. and let them ask questions because <laughs> the number of times I'll ask questions of my clients and they're like, I didn't even think of that. Right. I'm like, right, cause, and you shouldn't. This isn't your area of expertise. It is mine. Just like I know nothing about mortgages, which is why I would come to you and be like, John, mm-hmm. I have some questions. And you would ask me questions. So I'd be exactly. like, I didn't know I should. I didn't know that was important, but good question, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So. It's kind of why you need to talk to somebody. Okay, so this is a random question. Okay, so if you can go online, and I like to ask all the random silly questions to link in all those viewers who are <laughs> or listeners who are really thinking. I ask what everyone is thinking. I love it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> okay. So if you can go online okay. and fill out a template for mm-hmm. a will mm-hmm. and pay $99, mm-hmm. so what stops me from just filling out this piece of paper right here with a quote-unquote will and will that will that (laughs) 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 yes 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 i'm funny i got jokes today um would that hold up in a court of law like does it have to be notarized like what makes one piece of paper hold up and fancy and professional and one piece of paper not so good question (laughs) um okay so every state is different right Uh, so not all states are the same in colorado we accept what we call holographic wills which are i could sit here right now and write on a piece of paper and say i stephanie doll leave x y and z to this person these are my wishes this is what i want to have happen sign and date it even if you weren't an attorney this is for you could do it non-attorney okay yep and write it out and that's it and that is a will and colorado accepts those now probably going to have to go through formal probate because it's not notarized we don't have two witnesses things like that because we want to make sure that like 
it wasn't after too many glasses of wine you decided to write that down and you know <laughs> things like that yeah. so or I wasn't like Chandler you need to write out that I get all of your property and it wasn't under, like under force duress or dress or, or anything yeah. like mm-hmm. that so the courts will have to look at it and see but Colorado says yes there are some states that say Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. we will not accept those you cannot just handwrite your will so it is a state-by-state basis again a great reason to contact your local estate mm-hmm. attorney but in Colorado, you can. This is like the plot of so many movies out there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, let's make a movie. That a could last be like second our next. <laughs> It'll start where we write our own wills after right? a couple glasses of wine, and then we'll see where it goes. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, let's not give s- too many details so we can right. make some money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Aretha Franklin, they found three wills in her couch. You're kidding Aretha? me. Aretha? No. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We're going to see how that plays out. Yeah, let's, <laughs> yeah that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Then there's that lady, that Amazon ex-wife, who is donating half of her billions of dollars to charity. I bet she has that in a trust somewhere. I bet Mm. you she has a charitable trust for tax purposes. (laughs) That's a big estate. That is a huge estate. Yeah. (laughs) But that's great. She's donating to charity. Yeah. We support charities. Absolutely. Um, Let's see. So anything, I mean, anything else that we're missing as far as, um, you know, just touching... A 30,000-foot view on wills, trusts, and estates that we can think of? No, I think it's kind of what I mentioned to you all was, you know, every person is different. Everyone has their own situation and their own wishes. You know, sometimes you don't you don't want it your stuff to pass to a certain person. You want something to go a different way. You want to donate to charity. Everybody's different, and so in, honor, in order to honor everyone's wishes – Talk to somebody, whether it be me, somebody in your own state, somebody here in Colorado. Just talk to somebody and ask them how they can help. And quite frankly, any good practitioner will also say, "Who's your?" you mentioned earlier, who's your financial planner? Who's your real estate agent? Who's your insurance agent? I need to know all those people so that I can make sure that the estate plan that we're creating for you is consistent across the board. Because I've had clients where they're like, I don't want my niece and nephew to get any money. And so I talked to their financial planner and I'm like, who are the beneficiaries listed? And they're like the niece and nephew. And I'm like, well, that's a bummer. So we should change that. Right. Like, so we need to go in, we need to change this and make sure that everybody is playing on the same field. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, that way, you know, you know that you're secured and let everybody do the work for you. Okay. I have another question. Yes. Okay. So ever, you know, in this world, um, Privacy is a hot topic, I, I would think. Mm-hmm. I hear it all yep. the time. You mm-hmm. know, is I, do I put my name on this? Why am I signing this? Is this private? Who's holding this information? Where is it going? So, you know, putting your whole life and assets and things like that on paper, I mean, is there... I mean, you know, medical has HIPAA. Mm-hmm. So is there some sort of like privacy for all of this? So um, if you, when you pass and you have a will and we have to go through probate, the will has to be filed with the courts. Um, now, which then is public information, right? If it's in the court, it can be, I mean, it, ha- it has more access. Um, I can't just go on and look at things cause they get suppressed certain times, but a trust doesn't get filed. So that's a lot of privacy is a reason mm. why people file or create a trust is cause they don't want people to know their assets. They don't want people to know who got what, mm-hmm. what happens is we just basically file a document with the court saying this person has passed away and they had a trust. So everything will go through that trust and then it gets administered outside of the courts. So then not, okay. Yeah. So the Another plot from a movie. Again, right. Yeah. Right? The whole family sitting around and they're reading of the will and yes. finding out you got nothing. Right. Well, and <laughs> exactly. then they got, I mean, you know, then that's cause for, you know, 
what's a PC way to say it? Anyone want to step in? That's cause for turmoil. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Inner turmoil amongst the families, which, you know, doesn't always get pretty. So I just didn't know, know if there was certain privacy things to yep. keep. Yeah. Trust, keep it out of the public eye. Um, and, you know, in terms of just kind of the stuff that gets contained in the will and everything else, one of the things we will counsel our clients on Um you know, obviously attorneys are also, we hear the term counselors at law. It's because our job is to also counsel you, Mm -hmm. not just do the work and walk Mm -hmm. away. Um, but I will talk to my clients about like, that's fine. If you want to leave that child less than you left at everybody else, but I'm going to tell you what I believe the implications for that will be so that you can make that decision with open eyes. Is it worth it? Right. To create that turmoil in the family because you're gone. So the problem is now your son is upset with your daughter because your daughter got more than your son and it's not your daughter's fault, but it's the only person your son will have to be mad at. Right. right? Face to face. Yeah. No, absolutely. And in, in today's world, right. It's, you know, it's a little complicated and you know, money drives people money. When certain people, you know, get their hands on money, it can go south. Yep. How long does the process take typically? Like, let's say that uh, the John, uh, let's say that Jake, sorry, John. John, (laughs) I was like, poor John just got killed off. Let's pick on John today. (laughs) Let's find the Jake. So if, uh, let's say that that Jake passes away. Yes. uh, So how long does the process from Jake passing away to all of this getting sorted out and the estate getting, you know, uh, distributed to the rightful owners? So... It depends. Um, and the reason I say it depends is this, is if there's a trust in place, things get distributed much quicker and things like that because we don't really have to go through the courts. So we have to go through the courts and go through probate if there's a will versus not a will. Um, if Jake is not married and has four siblings, who gets to step in and be the um, – be the personal representative for Jake. If um, no one's appointed, everybody has to agree and we have to file some paperwork. Mm. There's also a creditor time period that we kind of watch for because you don't want to close it until we see if there's any creditors coming in because you don't want to, as a personal representative, disperse, here's all your assets here, everybody gets money, and then you have a creditor come forward and say, hey, by the way, Jake owes us $50,000, and then the personal representative is trying to go back to everybody saying can I get the money and everyone's like sorry it's gone now the personal representative is in big trouble mm. so you know we have to depending on what's out there and, and everything else so you have up to three years to file um, most people file pretty quickly afterwards and then I would say average time is about a year mm. for kind of your run of the mill estates Ish. and that's not yeah. doing stuff the whole time I think sometimes when people hear like going to take us a year it's not like i'm talking to you every day and we're filing all this paperwork every day it's it's kind of a hurry up and wait Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. get the paperwork done and then you know wait for the process Mm -hmm. um to go through um i did have another question what was it oh will oh so what if i've been watching a lot of orange is the new black it's on um netflix (laughs) um it is about um these ladies in a woman prison and they get incarcerated and they're in prison Mm -hmm. okay um, so are they paying us to sponsor them? Right no, now? they're not. No. Oh shoot. Do we have to be careful? No, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just watching it. Somebody told me it was entertaining. I was just trying to get some money for this. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. We're promoting a show now. Yeah. Orange is the new what? Black. You should watch it. No. Um, it's just background noise. I don't have a lot of time to watch TV, but, um, so if you are incarcerated, mm-hmm. say you're a multimillionaire and you are con- money laundering perhaps. Mm-hmm. So you have lots of assets and then you get incarcerated. Does that count as like a death sort of if you're in there for life? No. 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 Because we can't. Yeah, alive. we can't really basically disperse your assets while you're still alive because 
in the criminal world, there are appeals and there are a whole bunch of other things that could happen that um, would not, you could come out, you could, they could overturn your sentence, they could, so whatever. So even like death row, et cetera, mm-hmm. as long as you're alive, even though the foreseeable future is. Doesn't look bright. Doesn't right. look very bright. Might It still has to wait until you pass away. Yeah. Now. The big answer to your question is also, I don't know why you're on death row, but I'm guessing there's a wrongful death lawsuit coming, so they're going to tie up your assets that Anyways, way. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and the government, details, depending details. on how you got that money, the government may seize it. So, you know, there could be, you may not have all the assets you went in with, but <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> creditors knocking on the door. And to define creditors, people, you know, might might not know. It's, it's those you owe, you know, money to and, yes. and debt to. And they want their money mm-hmm. and see we we promised you a jam-packed full of information episode <laughs> and i think we delivered I think absolutely Stephanie delivered yeah, so Stephanie delivered we would like to thank you so much for being on our, our podcast we really appreciate it thank you guys so much for having me um i don't think i delivered i think you three are amazing and so it's been really fun to be here with you all oh, yeah we you. love having the experts and we love having the um opportunity to provide the experts so that we can then reach the, you know all you listeners with your questions and get you some good valuable answers yeah so we would like to thank each and every one of you for listening again we we hope again uh that we provide value and and if we if there's a topic that you want to learn more about please go to our facebook page the home team podcast uh and uh, you know just hit us up uh, ask us to uh, bring a guest in we're more than happy to we're getting some technology where we can talk to people from across the uh across this great land of ours as yeah. well as across the world the so, whole land yeah. yeah so um but again thank you so much for we're going to sign off here but thank you so much for uh for listening to us and uh go from there yeah thank you chandler Fendler here follow me on instagram chandler Fendler. thank you so much for tuning in appreciate it thanks so much